Could Lane Kiffin be the next leader of the Auburn football program? Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blagerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Happy War Report Wednesday to all who celebrate. We are celebrating with Ike Jones yep. of the War Report. And I, I am putting this out there early in this coaching search process. I'm saying I believe Lane Kiffin will be Auburn football's next head coach. We'll discuss some of the reasons why that could happen and also some of the obvious obstacles that stand in the way. I also want to touch on some of the adjustments to the coaching staff that will happen towards the end of the show today as Auburn gets ready for Mississippi State. I think the excitement that Lane Kiffin would bring to the Auburn football program would be ridiculous. I think the importance that he has placed on the transfer portal is exactly what Auburn needs in the short term. And I think just kind of the change in offense identity uh, is what Auburn needs in the long term. Like, uh, I mean, I can't disagree with any of that. I just wonder. I mean, do you think he? They, we posted the job on LinkedIn. You just mentioned LinkedIn jobs, and then immediately it was there's like, an oh, easy joke perfect. in there, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, um, no. Lane Kiffin's definitely exciting. He brings an exciting brand of offensive football uh, to whatever program he's in. I um, think Auburn needs some injection of something. Like Cadillac Williams is like a. a you know, five hour energy, right? Like it's going to yeah. get you to the next stretch of something, but you're going to need like an actual regiment of, of energy boosting something to get this program moving in the right direction. So yeah. um, I agree. Lane Kiffin could definitely be an engine moving in that way. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing you got to look at, because I, I think we all agree on the fit for the most part. I think there's a few people that say, ah, Lane Kiffin, I don't know. Usually when they say that, they point to stuff that happened earlier in his career. I think mm -hmm. everything that he's done over the last few seasons has shown that he's kind of moved on and people can change, right? People can grow up, people can mature. And it, it seems like Lane Kiffin has definitely crossed that, uh, crossed that bridge. And so we'll see if, if Auburn is the next spot there. But to me, the question is, is Auburn a better job than Ole Miss? And I, I think so. I, I don't think you can win a championship. At Ole Miss. I think you can at Auburn because it's been done and you can even compete um, when you have kind of ups and downs. I mean, I think 2017 is a great example, but all in all, do, do you think Auburn is a better job than Ole Miss? Because I do. Um, I mean, I think in the grand scheme of college football, I don't know that it's even a question. I mean, I think Ole Miss fans might be the only people who think Ole Miss is a better job. Now, right. who, who has the better college football program present? Uh, Ole Miss, right? Like the Auburn program is fractured right now. There's some things that need to happen, but no, Auburn's definitely a better job. Like Auburn's a top 20 job. No, no one's putting Ole Miss in their top 20 of collegiate uh, head coaching destinations ever. Like, unless I've never your goal heard is just to be in the SEC, right? And, and there's some value there, but obviously, I mean, Auburn even, has that even same, top same 20, argument. though. Like, okay, so like once you get 
if you're if unless you're going to put all 14 teams in the SEC in your top 20 destinations, then you're going to cut a couple of people off of that immediately, right? Sure. Ole Miss is probably one of the people who gets scratched off of that list when you start naming, hey, 20 places where if you could sign up to go be the coach, despite all of the, you know, whatever people want to say about powers that be boosters, I'd still one of the best, traditionally one of the best programs in America. So yeah. Auburn still wins. The the big thing I'm reading in response to that is, oh, well, Auburn can't afford Ole Miss. Auburn's paying Gus Malzahn's buyout. They're paying Brian Harson's buyout. I, my response to that is that money's already been set aside. Right. And you, you talk about these boosters and these folks that are ready to fork out some cash because it sounds like they're ready for this program to change in a more positive direction. It's not like they they're worried about the cash flow here, right? It's not like they're up. We got to pay Gus more money. We need you know an extra eight hundred k for this month to throw his way. That that's not that's not how it works. That money is sitting aside, and they've already got it ready to go. And so it's not like they need to come up with money as the buyout is extended. And right. so you're telling me like this group, and we'll talk about the new AD situation possibly over the course of the show, Ike, but. You're telling me they can't find seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year to bring Lane Kiffin to town in a world, a college football landscape that is about to drastically shift with these TV deals that are coming in. We've seen the money that's going in with the Big Ten. The SEC is next in line. And I think a lot of these coaching salaries are about to shoot way up, yeah. but it's just going to become the new normal. Right. Yeah, I mean, between that and what they're talking about with expansion of the college football playoff, True. like you're just going to have you're going to have more SEC schools that are going to be available for those big games, which means more money coming in for the conference. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, um, kudos to, uh, to to President Roberts, man. Like he has been he's been playing chess with this whole situation. Like he, like I don't know how many of you guys are chess players, but like. There's a thing called a mating net, right? Like, and so you put yourself in a position where you know what moves need to be made that are going to land at the eventual checkmate. He seems like he's just been really like carefully plotting this mating net. And as soon as this thing happened, he knew what his next trigger point for the next thing was going to be. Um, and he's got a plan. He's got a plan that he's executing. It's it's yet to be seen whether or not that results in some sort of checkmate move at the end. But good God, it's looking so, like so. He's I, doing so so the things. series of moves that you're talking about was he identified his target as AD, and right mm -hmm. before that they were going to go announce all that, he 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 relieves Brian Harson of his duties. Well, are, I mean, are, I think he started with an evaluative process of who all within the current football staff were people who he wanted to be able to because like you don't make the decision just to fire Brian Harson and then immediately start releasing staff haphazardly. He knew, all right, let me evaluate and see where the football program is currently. Who are the people on this staff that I think should remain in the interim status yeah. if, status if I make a change? And his trigger points were loss at Arkansas, AD candidate. I've got that person secured. They they came out of the bye week looking terrible. Let's put the plan into place. Fire Brian Harson. Announce your new AD. Fire the remaining staff, and then put in place the people who you want to be able to take over. And it and it happened quick. Like it wasn't. He didn't play around with it. He was just like, look, hey, push the button, and things were already in motion, ready to move in that direction.
So you got to you got to think that they've got some sort of target in mind for the coach as well. Yeah, Monday was crazy, and, and that had to be a conversation, right? When President Roberts was interviewing all of these AD candidates, was right. all right. It's clear what you're about to inherit. Who can you go get? Who would you want to go get? Right. And and we'll see. And we saw a report from two four seven um, yesterday, or, or on Monday rather about saying, hey, his first target would be Lane Kiffin. We'll see yeah. if that's true. We'll see if that's true moving forward. All right, I want to talk, Ike, about some of the potential obstacles, the arguments against Lane Kiffin. Let's touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Boy, we're going to be talking about a high-stakes hire for the next month or so, but you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add all of the, the weeding out questions and kind of tell LinkedIn exactly what you're looking for, and they can kind of help mold all of your applications into what you need. And so makes it quicker makes it more efficient. And so you can say, okay, I may have had 100 people apply, but these are the two folks that have everything I'm looking for. Thank you, LinkedIn. I only need to reach out to these two people. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ike Jones of The War Report, our guest today. To me... Ike, the biggest argument against Lane Kiffin is one that's going to be an, a big argument against a lot of folks. But I think it's going to be a, a big argument against Lane Kiffin because what could potentially happen in two weeks is the timing of all of this. Auburn needs to get somebody in 72 hours, within 72 hours after the Iron Bowl, right? And, and yeah. I, I don't know if you're guaranteed to be able to do that with Lane Kiffin. If Ole Miss beats Alabama in two weeks... All of a sudden, like he's probably playing in Atlanta the week after the Iron Bowl, and right. so it's like, is he going to do that to his team if he fo if he's focused on that? So, I think that's to me is the biggest concern is the timing element. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I mean you mentioned the money portion of it. I think that there it might not be high on the list of things, but it's definitely on the list of how much money there is for the Lane Kiffin buyout plus what he would need in his salary plus whatever the new staff is going to be. Um, because he's going to have to make more money than he was making at Ole Miss in order for this to make any sense for him and his staff. Um, but yeah, the timing portion is definitely going to be a thing because, as you mentioned, there's an urgency around trying to close in some sort of uh, monumental fashion before a lot of these recruits start making up their mind where they want to go on early signing day, right? Like we're not even talking about what national signing day is going to look like. Um, and then early signing day is a new national signing day. Yes, yeah, I mean, kid it, ourselves. It, it's, it's got it's you got it. So you need to have some stability of where the program right. is going to be going to sell that vision to recruits. Um, and that needs to happen before early signing day. On top of that, that's going to be right around the time when a lot of these guys who are in the transfer portal are going to be available for you to start talking to, right? right? For you to actually start going out there and deciding. And we know that there's no path to quick success that doesn't include a massive overhaul via the transfer portal. And so Lane Kiffin has shown in the, the, the previous seasons that he's a master of being able to work that. So you need to make sure that he's there selling your program as quickly as possible with that as well. So if he's the guy, you need to make that happen as soon as you can. But to your point, if he's making a trip to Atlanta, then it's 
highly unlikely. Like him going to a bowl game, no problem. Him going to the SEC championship game, that becomes a problem. So uh, the timing of it is going to be important. Yeah. Is that a weird conversation to think about, Ike? Like if you are an Auburn fan that is pro bringing in Lane Kiffin, you need Alabama to win. Right. Like you're hoping that he doesn't go to – to play in the SEC championship. Um, I mean, I think... And you have to cheer for Alabama in order for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, that's probably the part that actually sucks about it, um, is that you're, you're hoping right. that Alabama gets to go. Yeah. Um, but right. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it is what it is. If you really want Lane Kiffin to be the guy, then yeah, that's mm-hmm. the scenario that works best, unless you want to have to wait until after the SEC championship game, which puts you another week, maybe two, uh, sure. behind the eight ball. So yeah, yeah. I don't think that's ideal. I'm not as concerned about the money aspect of it. I think if it really comes down to a bidding war, I think Auburn can beat. Oh no, yeah. Ole if, Miss. if 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 it's just about bidding, yeah, that's not the problem at I, all. I, I think the big concern when it comes to finances is, and several people commented on on yesterday's show in the YouTube comments. They were like, "Yeah, there's a chance that he's just using Auburn. He's going to flirt with Auburn." get a big raise from Ole Miss and and stay there because he's already built something pretty cool, right? I mean, the last two years of Ole Miss are like, you can make an argument it's the best two-year stint that they've ever had. And so maybe he doesn't want to do that again. Like, I don't blame him. I get that. So to me, that's the biggest argument against Lane Kiffin possibly coming to Auburn. But also, I think the counterpoint to that is, and, and we talked about this with the AD situation with Cohen, is in the state of Mississippi, you can only sign four-year deals at a right. time. And so like if Auburn can offer a six-year deal or a seven-year deal or something like that, how much more appealing is that to Lane Kiffin than Ole Miss? Yeah, I mean, I just think the job in general is more appealing. And to your point, I, even if Ole Miss offers him more money, if that's his entire game is, hey, I just want to try to squeeze a few extra dollars out of Ole Miss, that'll yep. work. But if he really is wanting a a contract for longevity and for the better paycheck, then Auburn can offer him both of those things. So yeah, to your point, if his goal is to be in the best position for his longevity as a college football head coach and making premium dollar, Auburn's going to be a better destination to do both of those things. The Nick Saban at Alabama dynamic, how do you think that impacts the likelihood that Lane Kiffin comes to Auburn? Because I think there's two sides of this. One, I think Lane does have the personality where I think he enjoys messing with Saban and where better could you do that at at Auburn? I think that's one angle. The other angle is, and and I don't know how much I buy into this, if I'm being honest with you, Ike, but I've heard this, is there's a little bit of a growing speculation that maybe Lane is the guy after Saban at Alabama, which is interesting. And it makes more sense because I think we all agree Saban's in the fourth quarter of his career, very impressive mm-hmm. career. It would make more sense to wait two, three, four seasons in Oxford than it would just to take the Auburn job and then, you know, maybe mess things up. We'll see. And go then to Tuscaloosa. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't know. I've, I've definitely heard people say that he's the next in line. I don't know what leads people to that conclusion. It's all speculation, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean but there's the, no way to know that. I, I know he coached there for a couple of years as the offensive coordinator, but like, um, 
it just doesn't strike me as something that the people in Alabama are really clamoring for all that mm-hmm. much. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about what they're doing in Tuscaloosa other than, um, never mind. I was going to say something really vulgar about people in Tuscaloosa, but I'll leave that one alone. Um, but yeah, I don't know what people in Tuscaloosa <laughs> do with their free time other than scream roll tide at children and scare them. But um, that was the PG version of me making fun of. Uh, I appreciate fans. that. I appreciate that, that adjustment. Thank yeah. You. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I have no idea if there's any credence to that whatsoever. The other portion of that. Yes, he 100 percent has the moxie and he loves making fun of Nick Saban that I think he would love to be able to have the opportunity to do that on a yearly basis. And the rivalry matchup is not something he would shy away from. That'd be great. It'd be I do great wonder how Ole Miss fans would feel about us taking another Ole Miss head coach away from them, a la Tommy Tuberville. Well, Ole all, all Miss people are just going to steal people from the state of Mississippi, apparently, if this follows the trend. We took away the athletic director from Mississippi <laughs> State and the yeah. head football coach from Ole Miss if this all goes. In well, I, I think there's a very real chance that they do take a head coach from Mississippi. Yeah, and it may not be... It may not be Lane Kiffin, but like if it's not Lane Kiffin, it's I think Deion Sanders is a very realistic option. Yeah, it's, uh, um, I thought you were going to say Mike Leach for a second, but yes, no. Deion no, Sanders would be the other Mississippi, the state of Mississippi head coach that I think people have been clamoring a lot for. So, if I had to rank like all Power Five head football coaches that I want, Mike Leach would be towards the bottom. I listen. I, you're not going to get an argument for me in favor of my. And, and, and it's it's not problem. even like about coaching. I just the whole charade thing about like weird questions and like these weird quotes and topics that he likes it to would talk definitely about. make for interesting press conferences. Gosh, I can say it that. would wear me out. I yeah. it would wear me yeah, out. I I would hate having to ask him questions and wanting a substantive answer back, and he just give you something about alien Halloween candy somewhere. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. All right, we had some, ex- I guess, exciting news as far as, I don't know, maybe interesting news. Player into the portal, we'll touch on that briefly, and then also a new look at the coaching staff going into Mississippi State this weekend. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your football and basketball betting needs. I think the World Series is still going on as well, NHL, NBA. There's a ton of stuff going on at Bet Online. You'll find more props, odds, and lines than anywhere else. All you have to do is go to their extremely mobile-friendly website. Just search Bet Online; It'll come right up, and you can check out all the action. Auburn is a double-digit dog to Mississippi State, so if you're fired up by Cadillac being the interim head coach, put some money down. Get in on the action. Bet Online; it's where the game starts. Ike, before we jump into some of the news that happened last time we put a sh- since uh, the last time we put a show up, tell folks what's going on at the War Report. Well, you guys already know we are neck deep in all of this stuff, but we are going live tonight. We're going to talk about the Mississippi State game. So 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we'll be going live talking about the Mississippi State matchup. Coach Caddy's first game as the interim head coach so you guys can check us out there and then you can also um you know check us out everywhere all over the internet we are at the war report that stuff yeah all right ike the the new interim staff carnell williams is Mm -hmm. the head coach which is so fun two co-offensive coordinators will friend and ike hilliard both Mm -hmm. of them will be in the press box defensive coordinator the same jeff schmetting he's the only boise guy that's still around Associate head coach slash DBs, Zach Gethridge. That is the same. 
Special teams coordinator slash edge. That is the same with Rock Bell and Tony. Linebackers, defensive run game coordinator Christian Robinson. That is the same. Defensive line, Jimmy Brumbaugh. That is the same. Offensive line, there's a change here. Kendall Simmons yes, taking sir. over that role. Former player. Absolutely love that. Quarterbacks, Mike Hartline. We've heard a ton of good things about his offensive mind and kind of the experience that he brings from the NFL. And then tight ends, Joe Bernardi heading up the tight end room. What's your general thoughts about all of those changes? I think the interesting thing is, I mean, if you guys, uh, you know, follow the war report, all we did a live yesterday and I talked a little bit about, um, but this is before we knew who the interim coach was going to be. I thought since he was already co um, head coach or whatever the title was um, that it was going to be Zach Etheridge named Mm -hmm. the interim. So I was surprised that Cadillac got the nod. Uh, Don't dislike it though, because you still have that co-title that he's able to maintain. Plus he can keep an eye towards the recruiting stuff that is going to be desperately needed to hold that ship together. um, And Zach Etheridge. But I think the most interesting thing about this is the offensive coordinator seat, right? Because um, when the opportunity to promote someone to offensive coordinator happened under the Brian Harson regime. He did not go in the direction of one coach, Will Friend, who is now the offensive coordinator, who has been an offensive coordinator before he was at um, uh, Colorado State previously. Good and point. I, I think it's interesting that now he's going to get that chance and, um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of offense we tried out there. You've got your running back coach as the head coach. You've got your offensive line coach as your offensive coordinator. Uh, but you do have someone who can coordinate in the past game and Ike Hilliard. Uh, but they seem to be, just if you look at their histories, um, very different philosophically to what we've been doing the entire season. Ike Hilliard comes from, of course, a very spread, open kind of collegiate background um, and of course, he's a wide receiver guy. And then, but if you look at the offense that uh, Will Friend was a part of at Colorado State, very much a spread, open up type of offense. Um, as far as like they wanted to pass the ball a lot more at Colorado sure, State, sure, right. Um, but then you've got your running back guy as the head coach. So, do they want to just turn around and hand the ball off? I don't. I have no clue what kind of offense we're going to trot out there on Saturday. None. You, you got to think they're not going to change it up. They can't. Too much. Yeah, they can't. There's not enough time to install a lot of stuff. No, no. So, I mean, th- their first practice uh, as a coaching staff was Tuesday, and, th- and they got a game on, on, uh, on Saturday, and obviously got to travel. So, yeah, I, they can't do a whole lot. Now, as far as what they call in the game, right, you yeah. know, they may be more run-heavy on early Philosophically, downs. Philosophically, though, it's going to be different, right? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. It, it has to be. So, we'll see what that looks like. You know, d- does Robbie Ashford get used more in the running game? which I don't know how much more his body can take, if I'm being honest. Like, he was banged up towards the end of last game, and he kind of willed himself back in because of certain circumstances. But, I mean, he's beat up right now, and he's not the biggest dude. He's tough as all get out, but, I mean, it's just so much your body can do. So, we'll see. We'll see what what happens with that. Uh, Last bit of news, Ike. Zevion Capers has entered the portal Right. Not a huge shock there, but now you look at most of the players that have played under four games, it seems like they've they've entered the portal. So um, kind of interesting, kind of interesting there, but um, did this surprise you? Does this have any impact, yeah. do you think, on the remainder of the season? 
none whatsoever. Unless you have yeah. a rash of injuries, um, then no. I mean, his his playing time had evaporated to almost nothing anyway, and the emergence of Camden Brown has pretty much closed that door. Plus, Malcolm Johnson Jr. coming back from injury is going to take any of the remaining snaps that would have possibly gone Zivion Capers' way. Um, Coy Moore is going to function as the backup to Shedrick Jackson. So, like, you've really got four very solid guys that can rotate in and out of the positions that right. that he could have potentially gotten into. Um, I don't see this being a huge impact, and I haven't even mentioned Amari Kelly, who's another outstanding talent that uh, could likely step in and get some snaps. So, no, uh, ultimately, yep. I don't think this is a big deal for this year. Yep, Capers playing in three games so far this year, eighteen total snaps. They're so not a factor. At all. One more time, real quick. Ike, how can people sign up and, and support you guys? Yep, you can hit hit us up on YouTube. We are the War Report there. We are at the War Report on all of our social media. So make sure you guys are following us over there. TW Report if you have TikTok, but uh definitely connect with us and we'll look forward to seeing you guys tonight on the live stream. Yep, yep. War Report Wednesdays. It's a thing. Read all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow, right here on Locked on Auburn.